Well, a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Friday Live on this January 28th. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Welcome. And we're waiting for the snow. I guess we'll get the official word from Jim. These are the the kind of forecasts that Jim likes to come on and talk about. Because <laughs> yeah. he's kind of, if you look at the, the, the uh, projected accumulation map, our, our entire listing area with all of our stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, it's a variety of oh sure <laughs> a variety Absolutely. of uh, of accumulation. Of and course. this year seems to have hit the beach the worst than, than North Jersey or anybody else. Even the Poconos got so, so little, yeah. and the, the beach is the place to go if you want to have some snow. So I'm sure Jim <laughs> will give us some information about uh, about that about um, accumulations and what this is all about. It's not snowing now though. No, here no, in, I did look here in Ewing. It was mm-hmm. snowing a little bit this morning, but. Pretty, pretty to look at. Yeah. So we have a, a, a fine program lined up for you today, my friends. In just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Alan Smith, and uh, he's the editor of a brand new uh, book by Sophia, uh, published by Sophia Institute Press, um, "The Greatest Commandment: Bishop Sheen's Anthology on Love." And I think that's going to be our giveaway prize, right? Today? Oh yes, and so perfect for February, mm-hmm. right? So that uh, we'll have Mr. Smith talk us about talk about that, and then Jim is going to be here with the weather shortly. We're also going to play Saint of the Day today, and uh, later on next hour, Father Jim Grogan's here with a reflection on this Sunday's Gospel. And from EWTN, Bear Wozniak is going to join us and talk about his brand new book called Deep Adventure. So we have some music and talk and uh, all kinds of stuff, so we hope you can stay here with us. We're going to pray first, and as always, my friends, we pray for you and your special intentions, and we invite you to raise up those intentions as well. As we pray this beautiful prayer um, of consecration of our families to the Holy Family. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our family to you. O blessed Mary, you are mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We We entrust entrust our our family family to you. O Saint Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We We entrust entrust our our family family to you. you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, Mary, Mary and and Joseph, Joseph, pray for us. And our prayers to St. Michael. And the ancient prayer to Our Lady, as Holy Father asks us to pray these every day to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And we've also added to that intention to protect our homes and our families and our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and and all all the the evil evil spirits spirits who prowl about about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. souls. Amen. We We fly fly to thy protection, O Holy Holy Mother Mother of God. 
Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us, who is not our saint of the day, by the way. He is the saint of the day, but not our saint of the day. We're going to make you guess another one to see how well you know your saint stories. That's right. That's right. So... Uh, again, coming up in just a little bit, uh, Alan Smith will be joining us and uh, the brand new book published by Sophia Institute Press. This is uh, called The Greatest Commandment, a Fulton Sheen Anthology on Love. And it's a combination of two of Bishop Sheen's books, and uh, Mr. Smith edits these. So he was with us a while back mm-hmm. uh, with a previous book. But, so you know, it's um, it's timeless, the readings and writings of Fulton J. Sheen. Yeah. And I think this weekend... As I was pulling up the gospel for us to uh, read, uh, the first, one of the readings is, is love. Uh, love is patient. Love is kind. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it kind of fits in. We don't plan these things. The Holy Spirit takes care of that. <laughs> That's right. He's <laughs> so, on our board of directors. The yeah, Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got to be. Got to be. So, uh, and also we're going to talk a little bit later on, not now, but maybe next hour, um, the, the play Tolton is coming to the area. That's right. I wanted to make mention of that. St. Luke Productions, and uh, they'll travel the country with a variety of different productions from Maximilian Kolbe to St. Faustina. And in this case, I think for Black History Month, they're featuring Bishop Tolton and the struggles that he encountered as he wanted to become a priest as a a black man Mm -hmm. at the time of slavery. It's a a wonderful play. I will attest to that. So we'll talk more about that the second hour because it's come to our our listening area, Philadelphia and Camden, if, if you don't mind. That little... part of the listening, yeah. Right, right. But it, I highly recommend it. And we also like to plug it because Anthony, our son, wrote the score for it. Musical well, that's scores. right. <laughs> and it's more elaborate than the jingles you hear. Yes. It's not quite a little bit more elaborate, elaborate that's right, than, than the weather jingle and the uh, Saint of the Day jingle. So we'll play a little. We have a little a little bit of the recording. Right. right. That is a, uh, let's see. Oh, did you know they were remaking the Seven uh, White and the Seven Dwarfs? As in a, a Disney a, a live cart- action film. Oh, one of those live action things. But the and you, I can use the word. I, I looked it up. It is you can say dwarf. It's not a, a like a PC incorrect word. It's, a, it's correct. Okay. You can say dwarf. But there are some dwarfs that are complaining. Oh, so it'll be like a, the real. Film. You know who it is? Do you remember the film Elf? Yes. And there was a little person in there. Yes. That that actor's name is oh. Peter something or other. He's kind of famous. He's been in several films. But Disney chose or, or a a. Latina woman to play Snow White, and he's saying now that they he has to be, you know, they they, they update it and and well I don't know how you can update it. It's Snow White yeah. and the Seven Dwarfs. I know, and why why it, it was, I mean it's gonna be this much trouble. Don't do it. Yeah, you know. he wasn't. <laughs> but it's all this political correctness. He wasn't okay. very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't? Uh-huh. He was a little grumpy <laughs> about the whole thing. Maybe perhaps that's what it is. That's what happened. You name them all. Mm-hmm. You have happy, grumpy, sleepy, sleepy, dopey, dopey, bashful, right? Mm-hmm. Doc. Yes. Who's the seven? Oh, Text us if you oh, know. Okay, we're naming the seven dwarfs: happy, grumpy, sneezy. Did we say? Oh, we didn't say sneezy. Sneezy. Okay, sneezy. Okay. Got them all. Got them all. I but, think that was the first movie that I saw in the theater and it wasn't even in the, it was a drive-in movie really we went to Snow White and Seven Dwarfs the first one I saw 
the first movie I ever saw screen. was Bambi. And my father had to take me out of the theater because I was screaming during the fire the scene. Fire, of course, good old Disney. Yeah. Mother's always done. He had to take me out of the theater. I started crying and screaming. Fire! Aww. And then on we, scary. It was scary. And then I remember I probably was maybe five years old. Um, you know where we lived in, in in Bergen County. There they put Route 80 right through our front yard, mm. basically. So they for a couple of years it was a field. All the houses tore all the houses down. It was just a field. And I remember. A for somehow, and it was like uh, dry, it was in summertime, and the grass was dry and, and high, and somehow a little fire started in the field oh boy. across the street from our house, and I went berserk. You lose, yeah. You lost it. I thought it was Bambi all over again. Oh my, like the real thing. Yeah, because it was. It was a real fire, <laughs> a real brush fire, and the, the fire engines had to come. And they, I was going crazy, but it was Bambi just scared me. Wow. You know? Do you remember that scene with the? And the oh, sure. Doesn't the mother die in that fire? Oh yeah, the, the mother dear. The mother dear, mm-hmm. Bambi's mother. But I, I shared this story with you. I was watching a uh, a documentary on Walt Disney, and you know we kind of make a joke because all of his films, a parent right. dies, right? Right. Um, and I recently saw Cruella Deville again, the remake, the updated version, and they showed how her mother was like pushed off the cliff of the castle yeah. by the evil witch or yeah. something. Like the, the mothers always get. But Walt Disney. When he became successful, when he first started having all his, his success uh, in the, I guess it was the early 1930s, late 1920s, he bought his mother a, a new house. Uh, just, you know, he had money and he said, Mom, I'm going to buy you a new house. Oh. And sadly, this is true, his, his, there was a fire and his mother died. And so mm-hmm. they say it affected him so much that almost every, every film that he made, a parent died. And yeah. these, you know, young children are so impressionable. Yeah. You don't think that plays in the back of their mind? I remember going to see a film called Toby Tyler. That was a Disney film, live action. Hmm. Pollyanna. Oh, yes. Did you see Pollyanna? Mm-hmm. That was the, the, the British actress, right? What was her name? That's a, mm, I forget. a long time yeah, ago. Those are the films in Bambi. And then my father took me to see PT-109. It was about, it was about John Kennedy and, and his time in the Navy. Hmm. I probably was seven years old. All right, well, we'll take a break. and uh, <laughs> Reminiscing here. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back. Well, and, you know, we might get snowed in. We have to pull up some of these old movies. That's right. You can go online and get them. Oh, sure. We're would... going to watch Risen, the, um, the story. Can you say of, we have that somewhere? I really think we do. I'll be looking I'm sure we can DVDs. find it online somewhere. Yes, but I really think I physically have it because I remember lending it out to somebody at church. So hopefully I still have it but through the eyes of uh, one of the Romans, what happened to Jesus after the. One of the soldiers. Yeah, yeah, one of the soldiers. All right. Well, we'll take a break uh, and come back with uh, Mr. Alan Smith to talk about the brand new book, Bishop Sheen's Anthology on Love. So mm-hmm. stay right where you are. My soul is thirsting for you, oh Lord, thirsting for you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God, thirsting for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you. Thirsting for you, my God. 
Friends, Al Smith is a husband, father, grandfather, a man of trade, and a business owner. He served the church for 15 years as a Catholic evangelist, radio host, writer, internet broadcaster, and retreat director. He's the founder and director of the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada and has served on the board of directors of the Archbishop John Sheen Foundation in Peoria, uh, which promotes the cause of Fulton Sheen's canonization. He's also the editor of many of Archbishop Sheen's books, and today... We're going to talk about his latest, The Greatest Commandment, Bishop Sheen's Anthology on Love. So welcome to the program once again, Al Smith. Welcome, Al. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. And, of course, good afternoon to Cheryl. Hi. And, thank uh, you. You're welcome. I was touched by your stories about Bambi and the movie. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think, of course, it gets us ready for that great love story of, of how our Lord laid down his life for us. And, um, you know, we think you're going to talk about the greatest commandment, but, of course, um, that he laid down his life for his friends, and uh, we are his friends. So, Amen. again, I think it's appropriate that we open up with that little Bambi segue, there I guess. Go. But uh, mm-hmm. thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> well, yes. uh, always, always. Now, Cheryl, I was just saying, are, are you in the area for a, an event here in the Trenton area recently, or, or is that coming up? Oh, no, I thought I misunderstood you, Cheryl. Oh, no, that, that was the musician that we just heard. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Check that, check that. Okay. Uh, but look. we're happy. We're happy. I saw you had a seven, you know, your number. Are you, are you from Jersey? In- uh, no, I just chose the Jersey number. I know Al Smith is famous. New York name, right? So yes. I thought if I need to have a, a, a phone assigned to assigned to me, uh, New Jersey is a good place. Oh, so, okay. uh, you know, 
<laughs> yeah, when you Google Al Smith, you, you get, a, get a few of them. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're happy you're here. Tell us, I, now, I know you've been doing this. This is your fourth uh, Sheen editing job, right? Right, and uh, fourth of five. I have another one coming out in the summer, and uh, hopefully we'll be back on the show at that time. But um, this is the fourth. Uh, the first one, of course, is The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, which is a collection of Sheen's writings on the seven last words. And, uh, you know, again, it's a bestseller. Everybody gets it for Lent. And so, uh, again, Fulton Sheen does the seven last words very well. Uh, the second book was Lord Teach Us to Pray, and uh, it was a collection of Sheen's writings on prayer, the Our Father, the Mass, the Holy Hour. Um, again, just people looking for help to have a better prayer life. Fulton Sheen has the answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, of course, appeared on your show a little while ago talking about Sheen's Book of Sacraments, uh, which is his writings on the sacraments and marriage. And I, th- I thought, you know what? Fulton Sheen wrote a great deal on love. And so let's put everything together they wrote and uh, do an anthology on love. And this is what the greatest commandment is. Wonderful. So this is a, a combination of two of his books, right? Right. It's the uh, 1944 book called Love One Another and a 1955 book called God Love You, The Best of Fulton Sheen. And so uh, the 1944 book, I think, is very appropriate for today. Um, he wrote the book towards the end of the war. I think people were looking for some timely advice to say, how are we all going to get along? Uh, you know, the world has disagreed on politics, religion. Um, we need some timely advice. And so Fulton Sheen knew the war was coming to an end. And so we almost put a roadmap together uh, with these different chapters, these meditations on uh, how to love one another. And uh, again, I think it speaks for itself, this first half of the book, and we'll unpackage it a little bit later. But the second half is, uh, I want to say, the best of the best. It's um, a collection of from 23 of his books, and Fulton Sheen just kind of selected these passages. There's 245 quotes in the second half of the book. And uh, some of them are little pithy sayings, other ones are uh, deeper passages, but uh, I tell you, he will leave you with something to think about every day as you open this book. And so uh, that's kind of how I put it together, was uh, we need some good messages on God's love, and who better than Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen? Absolutely, and um, God is love himself, and he created us to love one another, I feel like I want to get this book in so many people's hands because right now we are living in such a disordered world and there's so many misconceptions about love. The young people are being fed um, definitions of love by what they see on media and television shows, MTV, whatever it is. And um, we see such a narcissistic society. So, even when people enter into marriage, they still might be of the mindset, it's all about me. Yeah, so true. And, you know, I think we asked that question, what is love? And I think what Fulton Sheen does in this book so well is he, he talks about different stages of love. Uh, he also talks about, um, you know, I'd like to say this um, man running away from God and yet God pursuing man. Um, and, of course, I don't think we always think of that hound of heaven uh, type story where God is on pursuit of us. Um, you know, he waits for us to respond, but he's always pursuing us. And, you know, Fulton Sheen talks about this divine friendship. Um, 
And do we ever really think about, you know, who are my divine friends? Yes, I'm friends with my neighbor down the street, and my, I get along well with my brothers and sisters, but do I have divine friendships? And how important is it is to preserve that friendship and to nurture it? And so uh, I think this is kind of what Fulton Sheen just wants to remind us to say, you know what? Uh, remember, we will be a brotherhood of men if we just recognize that God is our common father. Uh, we all share the same father, and he starts with that. And so, uh, again, these little reminders of Fulton Sheen uh, just kind of um, pulls us aside and coaches us in a loving way to say, you know, don't get too crazy here. Keep it simple. Uh, and, again, remember, God is love. You know, we hear today things like anti-Semitism or racism or sexism uh, as being contemporary issues, but Archbishop Sheen really decried these, didn't he, Al? Yeah, and you know, I think he, um, he, his listenership was a real big cross-section. Uh, I know when he had 30 million viewers watching in his television show each week, uh, you know, a third of them were Jewish, a third were Protestant, and a third were Catholic, but these were people of all races, colors, classes, and uh, he addresses that in the book. And uh, one thing I love that he does, and he always kind of um, uh, lightens uh, the conversation, he, he would start off and say, you know, every human being in, in throughout humanity, there's only four blood types. And remember this, four blood types. But it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is mm. or what your origin of country is. These four blood types uh, can be shared amongst each other. And so we kind of really kind of transcended that language of, you know, people of color or races or creed, but uh, uses the blood um, story to kind of get his point that there's only four blood types, yet we can share our blood with everyone all over the world. So, um, again, it's this idea, but he wanted all people's races, classes, and colors to get along and to follow the greatest commandment. And in, in the book, again, we're talking with Al Smith. The book is The Greatest Commandment, Bishop Sheen's Anthology on Love, published by Sophia Institute Press, and their address is sophiainstitute.com. Um, tell us a little about some, some, of the, some of the more of the content. For instance, I see that it says Bishop Sheen discusses the meaning of love in light of the Holy Trinity. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, again, he tries to explain and unpackage the story of God's love and, you know, his, his son. And, of course, Jesus speaks so much about the Father in heaven, and it's almost like the Father begets the Son. And, um, you know, our Lord had a prehistory, and, uh, of course, we think of the Gospel of John, the Word, um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became God. So, I, you know, again, I, um, I just want to just remind everyone that Fulton Sheen wanted to really stress the love of the Trinity. I know it's a mystery, and it's hard to unpackage, but this love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, how it kind of unites us all together. And, uh, you know, Fulton Sheen, uh, we talked earlier, I think you mentioned about uh, one of the Gospel readings coming up uh, in the near future, and of course it's that passage from Corinthians uh, about uh, what love is. And, um, you know, it's when we talk about the nine ingredients of charity, well, that nine ingredients comes from that scripture passage, love is patient and kind, love is not jealous or boastful, it is not arrogant or rude, love does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, uh, it does not rejoice at wrong, 
but rejoices in the right. And it's those um, nine items, patience, kindness, jealousy, boastfulness, arrogance, rude, being rude, that irritable, resentful, wrong, and right. Like on a pull machine kind of touch tones on those items. Um, but again, he, um, you know, unpackages it by presenting patience, kindness, humility, uh, good temperedness, um, sincerity. Uh, again, there's, there's so much in this book. I think I, I would need an hour and a half to kind of unpackage it <laughs> properly mm-hmm. around the show. But it's something I think, uh, Al, that, that today especially, and Bishop Sheen, we know his cause is still on. It's in progress, and, and we're praying for the day that uh, soon he can be uh, beatified and eventually canonized. But he seems his 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 presence in the world today, of course, through Catholic media, through uh, yourself and books like this, uh, seems to be becoming making a, a return. And and uh, young people are who maybe did, had no idea who he was are now interested in Fulton Sheen. I know three young men who they 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 and they're in their early thirties look to him as their spiritual director, basically, in the, in the missionary work they're doing. Right. And to tag on to that, most recently I've heard um, homilies by different priests, young priests, and they will quote Bishop Sheen. So I don't know if in the seminaries they're reading some of his material. Is it a textbook? Certainly used as an example. But again, so timely for today. Uh, one point he touches on, and maybe you could expand a little bit if, if you could, is that love cannot exist without truth. And we struggle with truth today. It's so hard to know who's proclaiming the truth from all these resources we have at our fingertips. Right. Uh, Well, I will touch um, on the seminarian issue that um, I think we see these young priests, of course, um, quote Fulton Sheen. And, you know, for 10 years now, uh, what we've done at the Mission Society is that we've been giving Bishop Sheen books to seminarians for quite some time, because we know as uh, Bishop Sheen spent the last 10 years of his life just giving priestly retreats, and, you know, Father Andrew Apostoli, God rest his soul, he shared that Fulton Sheen's passion for the priesthood, he said that the key to the renovation of the Church and the salvation of souls was to renew the priesthood. And so for 10 years, we've been investing in just gifting Bishop Sheen books to seminarians, uh, make sure that they read Life of Christ, The World's First Love, The Priest Is Not His Own, and of course, these anthologies that we've put together. And so, uh, again, we're starting to see some dividends of uh, Mm -hmm. money spent and an investment of time with seminarians to give them uh, what I call a life coach, a great mentor in Fulton Sheen. And so I think uh, truth will always be in season. And uh, Fulton Sheen truly, really did preach the truth. And, of course, he does talk about how... um, you know, love cannot exist without truth. And, um, of course, who is truth? Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Jesus Christ. And uh, I think we have to go to him uh, to uh, help figure out this mess that we're in. Uh, but, again, we need God. And, of course, as uh, we cannot, uh, well, love cannot exist without truth. And mm-hmm. I'll say it again. The truth is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Uh, again, friends, we, we've been talking with Al Smith. Uh, the book is called The Greatest Commandment, Bishop Sheen's Anthology on Love. It is published by Sophia Institute Press. You can check out their website at sophiainstitute.com. Uh, Al, before we let you go, again, just a little update on where we are with the the process of beatification. Any closer or getting there? Or? Um, 
Yeah, we're, we're getting there. I, I like to say time is on our side. Uh, we uh, have uh, been anticipating, a, I like to say, a telephone call from the Vatican, uh, because that's all we're waiting on is a new date, uh, a rescheduled date. And, uh, you know, we've heard nothing but good news uh, from uh, people who, of course, ask questions. They wanted to kind of look into things and make sure everything was perfect. And uh, it's all been good news. So good. I think we're just waiting uh, for that communication from the Vatican uh, to give us the new date. And uh, I said earlier uh, on many broadcasts that Rome moves slowly, so, right. um, and patience is a virtue. But yeah. uh, we anticipate something. Uh, we'd like to think that this year we'll hear something, and uh, we'd love something to happen in the summer. It'd be a great uh, celebration. Right um, for that. But again, it's in God's perfect timing. That's right. That's and again, if I recall from our conversation last time, originally they were going to have beatification in Peoria. Now, that, that would... It, it, when it happens, and I'm not even going to say if, but when it happens, it's, is it going to be in Rome? Uh, no, well, the, 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 a lot of times the canonizations are held in Rome, but the beatifications are held on uh, local soil. So, okay. of course, uh, in America. Now, uh, various talks sometimes of uh, bigger venues. Um, of course, Peoria is a small town, and so it doesn't have a, a big football stadium. It uh, has a, a good-sized arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I think sometimes people are looking for venues that would hold 100,000 yeah. uh, because of just the interest in uh, this beatification ceremony. So uh, we will see. Okay. All right. We'll keep it in our prayers. And we'll look forward to, you said, book number five. Yes, book number five. Uh, I give you a little hint. Um, um, it is Sheen's writings on war and peace. And mm. uh, when you look at Fulton Sheen's name, and it's uh, translated in the Gaelic, um, Gaelic, uh, well, Fulton means war in Gaelic, and Sheen means peace oh. in Gaelic. Oh, wow. so, I didn't know that. Um, it's like his name was going to announce what he was going to write about for many years. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, it's Sheen's writings on war and peace, and um, again, I look forward to that in the summer, uh, again, through Sophia Institute Press. Very good. Again, friends, it's called the, uh, the book is called The Greatest Commandment, Bishop Sheen's Anthology on Love from Sophia Institute Press. And we've been talking with the editor, Al Smith. Thanks, Al, for being a guest today, and we'll look forward to talking with you next time. Keep up the great work. I will. Thank you, Jim and Cheryl. God love you. Thank you. God love you. Bless you. All right, friends, you stay where you are. We'll be right back uh, with the weather. Oh, I can't wait to hear what Jim has to say about this uh, (laughs) Bombogenesis thing out there. (laughs) Stick around. Be right back.
God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's headed our way as Jim gives us the weather. Okay, and that means it's time for our domestic church media meteorologist with the very, very important weekend forecast, Jim Hoffman. Hey, Jim, how can it keep from snowing? We should change the name of that song. <laughs> It's amazing how it works out, right? Yes. Um, we're expecting a, a big storm on Friday, just uh, in time for me to come on and tell you all that. There you go. <laughs> That's See, right. There we, you go. We were saying that this morning. We can't wait to get Jim on today and hear yeah. all about this yeah. thing. Got to give you something to talk about. Yeah. And now I, I'll, tell you the one, I'll tell you the one impressive thing is that um, you know people make fun of meteorologists and weathermen because you know, we, we, we tend to get things, you know, we, we can be way off base, but still keep our jobs, right? That's right. <laughs> I've heard it but, said. Um, yeah. yeah. But this, uh, the, the computer models that are used to make these forecasts have had a storm off of the East Coast. Now, not the details, but the idea of a storm, you know, coming up from the Carolinas off the East Coast for over a week now. So we knew something was going to happen, and the models were pretty consistent with that. It's just that you know, getting the details narrowed down is, is the harder part because what happens in my backyard isn't going to be the same that happens in you know someone else's backyard east or west of where I am. That always seems to be the story. They always talk about the I-95 corridor. That's yeah. like the dividing line somehow, yeah, somehow. These, these past few storms. But uh, We were saying it was, it was snowing a little bit uh, here and, and stuck on the grass, but it's gone now. But mm -hmm. uh, nothing's happening outside, but they say we should be prepared. Now, we were saying also... Our listening area is wide and far varied, and uh, snow totals are going to be a lot different, no matter where, depending on where you are. Right, from Bucks County to uh, CIL City, it's going to be two different scenarios. What if I could ask you, so we'll watch the late night weather, the news, and they'll say, well, the European model. Well, yeah, what do we care what they think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically well, what I was it's thinking. Actually, the um, you know the European model. Um, if you remember back to Hurricane Sandy, uh, the European model really got that right. Mm. Um, it, it that was a bullseye for the European model. So we have you know there's the European model. Um, there's the um, uh, the it's called the GSS, which is the uh, the model that we we have in the United States National Weather Service runs that. Uh, this is the NAM. It's another model. It's a, what they call a mesoscale model. 
Um, there's a Canadian model. There's Japan. There's just models everywhere. <laughs> and um, when the models start to come together and show the same thing, that's when you can have a higher probability of, of the weather actually happening. Yeah. Being, and yeah, okay. yeah. And up until say last, up until midday yesterday, there was still some. They were still diverging a bit, but they've come together pretty well over the past say twelve hours, mm-hmm. and they're they're I mean, still minor minor discrepancies, but you know, still have the same idea that there, there's going to be a, a very impactful storm in the uh, eastern Pennsylvania, all of New Jersey area, actually down down towards uh, you know eastern Maryland, Delaware. Um, New England's going to get clobbered, that's for sure, uh, out on eastern Long Island. Um, you know, a lot, lot of snow. Wow. So, so what's yeah. the what's the Jim Hoffman model? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Jim Hoffman model is like I just look at um, you know all the, the different uh, the, all the data uh, that's out there and um, you know put together what I think is going to happen. And I think everyone's you know pretty pretty much together on this as far as where. This, the snow is going to be. There's still, you know, it's, it's one of those storms where um, the cutoff between the haves and the have-nots is going to be pretty dramatic as you move from east to west across the area. I mean, you remember the storm that we had back in early January where you know, Long Beach Island got close to a foot of snow and, you know, two flakes in Hamilton, right. where I am. Right. Uh, big, big difference. Uh, so, um I'm not sure that it's going to be as dramatic as that, but um, you're going to see the amounts taper off as you move from east to west across the area. Okay. So uh, give us the lowdown. So um, well, let's look at the temperatures that are out there now. You're going to notice that some of the temperatures, especially in South Jersey, are above freezing. Um, you have to look at Cape May. They're 39. Hamilton's at 41, you know, along the shore, Beach Haven's 41, Seaside at 37, uh, Freehold's at 35, Ewing and Hamilton were at 32, but those temperatures are going to take a nosedive as we uh, move throughout the afternoon and in, into tonight, especially as the storm starts uh, taking shape. Um, now, in general for the area, there's a winter storm warning for the inland areas of New Jersey and eastern Pennsylvania. And there's blizzard warnings along the coast. Now, we don't get <laughs> blizzard warnings that often. Yeah. Um, so um, w- what a blizzard warning is, you don't really have to have snow falling for a blizzard warning. So it's either blowing and or falling snow uh, with winds of at least 35 miles per hour. Um, there's also a visibility element to this, reducing visibility to a quarter mile or less for at least three hours. So that's the definition of a blizzard warning. And if you look at the current maps right now, as far as where those blizzard warnings are, they're just all along the coast of New Jersey. They go down into the coast of Maryland and Delaware. Um, you know, we've got Ocean and Monmouth County, um, um, you know, down in Atlantic City, Cape May County, all those areas. in eastern Long Island, um, they have the blizzard warnings too. And then just in there from there, we have the winter storm warnings. And, uh, you know, Trenton, eastern Pennsylvania is included. And then when you get out to, like, Reading, Pennsylvania, Allentown, Lancaster, they're just under a winter weather advisory right now for maybe a couple inches for them. Um, so um, that's what we have going on tonight. We're going to have snow. It looks like the snow is starting to, you know, go into South Jersey 
Uh, we should have most of southern Jersey and central Jersey filled in with snow by 7 p.m. And then after that, it's all bets are off and stuff starts coming down pretty hard. Mm. Um, so snow and blowing snow, low around 20. And it can be very windy with the north wind 5 to 10 miles per hour, increasing to uh, 15 to 20 miles per hour by early morning. And then on Saturday, that snow continues, heavy at times, areas of blowing snow. It'll be very cold tomorrow, high at 24 degrees. So I guess I won't be going out on my bike. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stay inside. No. And be sure um, to order. West, I was going to say, be sure yeah. to order your pizza before 7 o'clock tonight then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Northwest winds tomorrow, um, around 20 miles per hour, gusts up to 35 miles per hour. And then finally, um, the snow is going to be ending from uh, west to east on uh Saturday afternoon. Um, Saturday night, we're going to have some clearing with a low around nine degrees. Ooh. And with the winds still pretty strong, we're going to have wind chills in the negative digits, likely, yeah. with a northwest wind at 10 to 20 miles per hour. So, you know, just looking at what we're expecting in the area, as I said, as you go from east to west, you're going to get, um, uh, you know, less of an accumulation. So, Ewing, uh, five to 10 inches at the end. Uh, we have winter storm warnings. Uh, in Ewing, Hamilton, 6 to 12 inches. That's where I am. Uh, again, winter storm warnings. Then as you go to the coast, like Freehold, Hamilton, Cape May, Beach Haven, Seaside Heights, all blizzard warnings. So Freehold, they expect 7 to 15 inches. Hamilton, 7 to 15. Hammond, sorry, Hamilton, 7 to 15. Cape May, 10 to 18. Wow. Uh, Beach Haven and Seaside, 10 to 18 inches. Keep that boat out of the water, Dan. <laughs> they don't want to go out. So, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, Especially with the, uh, the the water temperature off Sandy Hook is uh, 36 degrees. Yeah. So um, uh, after the storm, uh, that's what we expect is um, for the uh, total amount. And that snow is going to stay around for a little while. Uh, Sunday, it's going to be sunny with a high near 26 degrees. And Sunday night, uh, another cold night, low around 10. And then Monday, we finally warm up to above freezing, mostly sunny with a high near 36 degrees. So... Um, yeah, very exciting. Uh, this is what the uh, you know, weather people live for, at least those <laughs> that love snow. And I haven't met one that doesn't like snow. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, wow. Well, you'll be in seventh heaven then this weekend, won't you? <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> well, yeah, Jim, but, th- thank you so much. Yeah, just, a, go ahead. just a quick, yeah. well, it, it is, you know, the, the uh, conditions are really going to deteriorate, um, you know, as you move into the night. Um, you know, at 7 o'clock, I mentioned, especially central and south Jersey, that's when things are going to fill in. Yeah. Um, so it's a good idea to stay off the roads, you know, stay in the house, uh, turn on Netflix, binge watch something, mm-hmm. um, and just uh, stay safe out there. Good advice. Good advice. Right. Thank well, you, Jim. Thank you so much. So you stay safe, too, and have a great weekend. And we look forward to talking with you next week and get the wrap-up. <laughs> All right. Everything that Very happened. Good. We'll see how right I was. There you go. Okay. Sure. okay. God Stay bless safe. you, Jim. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. God bless. Thanks. Bye bye. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's heading our way as Jim gives us the weather. They're heroic and virtuous, living in sanctity. But just what went on earth? They were just like you and me, and now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the day. Yeah. All right, time to play Saint of the Day. And of course, there's not Saint Thomas Aquinas, who is the liturgical saint of the day. Correct. So you can take him off your list. 
It's our particular saint of the day. Uh, so listen carefully to Cheryl's clues, and uh, before she gives you the last clue, she will tell you this is the last clue. Then at that moment, if you think you know who it is, give us a call right here at 609-493-8255. That's the studio line. You can call 609 609- 493 609-493-8255. So now let's play Saint of the Day. The saint that we have chosen was born in his family's castle at Savoy, France in 1567. He was born two months early. He was very weak as a baby, but grew strong and healthy and was a very obedient and kind little boy. His mother taught him to pray and read the lives of the saints to him. She also took him whenever she went to visit the poor. He received a very good education and finally went to Paris to attend the Jesuit College of Clermont. After this, he went on to study law and theology at the University of Padua. By the age of 24, he had already earned his doctorate in law. Today's saint's world was opening up with many promises of a successful career, but he felt called to the priesthood. It was hard to persuade his disappointed father, but he followed God's call and was ordained a priest in 1593. He volunteered to go to work as a missionary among many people who had left the church and were unfriendly toward priests. And even though some of these people tried to kill him, he continued working among them. His patience and kindness brought many back to church. In 1602, he was made Bishop of Geneva, Switzerland. He opened schools, taught, and preached. He met a holy woman in 1604 named Jane Frances de Chantal. He became her spiritual director, and in 1610, he helped her found the Order of the Visitation, a new order of sisters. He wrote many wonderful books about God and the way to become closer to Him. In these books, he taught that holiness is possible in everyday life and that God calls us all to become saints. Some of his books are still in print today, such as Treatise on the Love of God and Introduction to the Devout Life. And now, my last clue. 609-493-8255. He is a doctor of the church and is the patron saint of journalists. 609-493-8255. If you know who it is, give us a call right now and tell us what your guess is. 609-493-8255. And you'll win this fabulous Bishop Sheen book, by the way, The Greatest Commandment, Archbishop Sheen's Anthology on Love. It's yours if you call in right now with the correct answer. 609-493-8255. Hmm. I, I, what jumps out at me is the fact that he was a lawyer. Uh, I'll give you a little clue. It's kind of a, a little joke clue, my own clue. Oh, yeah. He's the patron saint of shoppers. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not oh. really. It's oh. what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that'll give you a hint. He's the patron saint of shoppers. 609-493-8255. Yeah, but when you shop, you don't pay full price. You no. wait till the January. Mm. <laughs> 609-493-8255. I guess people are out getting their uh, their uh, supplies for uh, for the snowstorm. For the snowstorm. They're, How they're, about their that? bread and milk. Oh, someone's here we go. Here. We have a contestant. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Joan. I'm calling from Flemington. Oh, Joan from Flemington. Hi, okay. Joan. 
And who do you think it is? St. Francis de Sales. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Very good, John. Yeah, so well, was it J- Jim's silly clue, or did you, <laughs> do you know your saints? Uh, it was the, the part about St. Uh, Jane Francis de Chantal. I knew they were friends. Yes. Very good. good. Well, good, good, good. That is the correct answer, St. Francis de Sales. And, of course, he is the patron saint of shoppers because of all the sales. Sales, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Jones, hold on for a moment. I'm going to... Um, okay. You Talk hang to up. you real we'll, briefly, we'll and, and we'll uh, make sure you get a nice prize. All right. and So hang <laughs> yeah. on, Joan. And friends, you stay where you are. There is more to come. We'll be right back. All right. Well, congratulations to Joan from Flemington, New Jersey, up there in Hunterdon County. She's and I'll a, see her at church. We'll see St. her at Magdalene's. church. She's a parishioner in St. Magdalene's, you found out? I should have asked her, did it start snowing there? I do know they canceled adoration for today, and Already? they usually have Friday night benediction. Mm-hmm. So all that's been canceled in anticipation of the storm. The last thing you need is somebody slipping, and you have to keep up with all the sidewalks and the driveways. Why is it always a Saturday or a Sunday storm. 
seems like. This year seems to be that way. And we were saying on the way over that there probably aren't any snow days for the kitties, even if it wasn't, it was during the week. Right. Because they have the virtual learning now. Now they go virtual. But then you think, doesn't the teacher want to be out there shoveling the sidewalk or keeping up with the driveway and they have to be inside teaching? Yeah, who knows? I used to love snow days, right? When as get kids, the even as, when I, as a teacher, teachers love snow days. Too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you'd hear your, your school announced on the radio. On the radio, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Another big hour coming up. Uh, next hour, Father Jim Grogan is here to give a reflection on this Sunday's gospel for the four, fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time. And then later on from UWTN, Bear Wozniak will join us about his, and talk about his brand new book, Deep Adventure. So stay where you are, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices. It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune into our live broadcast 24-7 as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily mass readings, the liturgy of the hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media mobile app also includes the complete catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, Our Sunday Visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. We know you'll love it. Do you want to end abortion, halt the attack on traditional marriage, and ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit streetevangelization.com to learn more. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, 
and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Uh, started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass, and it just became a pattern and continued. Without God, I don't know where I'd be right now. I feel like I'm whole again. I know the importance of the Eucharist. I know the importance of the sacraments that I didn't know at a young age. I follow God's will because my desire is to get to heaven. Our, our lives are rich and full by being members of the church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church, visit catholicscomehome.org. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. The only reason of being free from something is to be free for something. Freedom, therefore, is not liberation from the truth. It is rather the acceptance of a truth. When are you really most free? When you know the truth about anything. For example, you are free to draw a triangle on condition that you give it three sides and not 33. You are free to draw a giraffe if you draw it with a long neck. If you do not obey the truth and the nature of a gir giraffe and you give it a short neck, well, you find that you're not free to draw a giraffe. Now, that's what our blessed Lord meant when he said, the truth will make you free. Now, our truth, therefore, in the church is a truth that has come down to us from Christ. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. We asked people all over America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back on this uh, soon-to-be snowy Friday, January 28th. I almost said July. It's <laughs> <laughs> a far cry from July. Yeah, oh. but you know, July 28th is only six months away, and it's probably going to be 95 degrees and 100% humidity. And we'll be saying, boy, I wish it was cool. Yeah, right? Well, here we are. It's uh, coming, so get ready. And uh, I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And we'll be here for another hour, so stay with us, because we're going to have our gospel reading for this Sunday, the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time, and our good friend from Nativity Parish over in Fairhaven, Father Jim Grogan, is going to give the reflection today. 
And then a little later on this hour from EWTN, Bear Wozniak will join us to talk about his brand new book, Deep Adventure. But first, we'll start with our gospel reading for this coming Sunday, the fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him. They were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. I remember studying about the Old Testament prophets in the seminary. In particular, the criteria for whether a prophet was authentic or not. If a prophet was not authentic, they would be killed by the people. Of course, that measure is not always accurate, because there were prophets in the Old Testament who were killed some by their own people, the people of Israel, who were certainly authentic. Tradition from Jewish historical writings indicate that Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Zechariah, each prophets of the Old Testament, were killed by the Israelites. As we enter into the New Testament, of course we read of John the Baptist being beheaded, and Jesus, more than a prophet, would ultimately be killed on Good Friday. In today's Gospel, we hear of Jesus' first challenge in the New Testament, and it comes at the hands of his neighbors, the people of Nazareth, to whom he is speaking in the synagogue at the start of his public ministry. He will be challenged again and again by the Pharisees and scribes, by the high priests and Sanhedrin, and eventually by Pilate, the Roman governor. All prophets are called to witness the word of God, to be messengers of God's word to the people of their time and place. That role of prophet is not a job to be sought out. Even those who may not have been killed were more often than not disliked and fearful for their very lives. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Moses did not want to speak to the Pharaoh. Peter did not want to admit being a follower of Christ in the high priest's courtyard. In receiving the sacrament of baptism, each one of us, you and I, were all anointed to be prophets. While it is very unlikely here in the East Coast of the United States 
that we would be killed for being a prophet, we might need to look at this in another way. Anointed at our baptism to be prophets of the word of God to the world, if we don't do that, if we don't live our lives as prophetic messengers of Jesus, then we become false prophets by witnessing to some other message, perhaps because it is convenient or politically correct, we are, in fact, denying the gospel. When we choose as Catholic men and women, as Catholic daughters and sons, to deny the gospel by how we choose to live, we teach others to be like us, or we teach others that we agree with their views and opinions which may be counter to the teaching of Jesus. And when that happens, when we live our lives as a false prophet, our spiritual life dies. In our gospel this weekend, Jesus rejected for his message by his own neighbors, walks through the angry crowds. He is not killed in Nazareth because he is filled with the Spirit of God. He is the Son of God and is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Just as the Trinitarian God protected Jesus until his teaching was complete, so too God is with us and constantly protects us. Jesus said to his disciples, to us, I am with you always. When we wander away from his teaching, he remains with us, not to chastise us, but to bring us back to him. Even then, Jesus is actively protecting us from ourselves, from yielding to the temptations of our world and of our present culture. He is with us always, even when we deny him. Take a moment this week as you reflect upon the gospel story of Jesus' rejection in Nazareth by his friends and neighbors and ask, am I willing to risk the rejection of my friends, my neighbors, and even my family for the sake of Jesus. Embracing what he remains with you and I, even when we fail, perhaps we may choose to be an authentic prophet, to be his witness in a cold, harsh world. All it takes is love, Jesus' love for us and our love for him.
Well, welcome back, and uh, thanks to Father Jim, as always, for, you know, we have these wonderful priests every every month who rotate and send us yes. these, faithfully send us these <laughs> They're reflections. so dedicated. Yes. I don't even have to ask them. They know their day, and they're, and they're just so good, That's and always excellent. always good good reflections. So I went, and I'm on, my, my sister put our family on Amazon, uh, not Amazon, what are they called? Uh, Ancestry.com. Amazon. Oh, they're selling family. Where, where, my family is on Amazon. You want to get a family member, you can go to Amazon. No. <laughs> but this neat thing, it put it, it and you don't really think of this, but it, it has I'm on there. James Manfredonia, born December twenty third, nineteen fifty four. And then it lists my parents. We know who they are. Hmm. And then my grandparents, Pellegrino Manfredonia, Caterina Fino, Luigi Cucciolo, Maria Giuseppe Morano. Those are my grandparents. Hmm. Then my great-grandparents, Serafina Manfredonia, Giuseppe, Valerio, Giuseppe Fino, Maria Luigi Nadiello, Giovanni Cucchiolo, Maria Giovanni Are they so, Italian? You think? <laughs> and then it goes second great-grand. You never really think about how many great-great-great-great-great-grandparents you have. Then it's my second great-grandparents. I love this name, Sabato Giovanni Battista Manfredonia. Wow. Which Sabato is, is the Saturday. Saturday. Giovanni Baptista, John the Baptist. So Saturday, John the Baptist, Manfredonia. Now those were names. Right, right? <laughs> Maria Teresa Adiletta, Nicola Sabino, Pasquale Valerio, Maria Luisa Salvo, Giuseppe Fino, Rose. Oh, just Rose had no last name, apparently. Uh, <laughs> Giovanni Battista Nardiello, Rosa Florio, Domenico Cucchiolo, Maria Raffaella Di Luca, <laughs> Michelle Camerlingo, Margarita Mecola, Agostino Morano, Donato Cupo, Sounds like you're, <laughs> you're reading from a menu, right? <laughs> but it goes, and then like goes all the way to to my fifth. No way. Great grandparents. So, like, what kind of date are you looking at? There? So, my fifth. Oh, let's see what this. My my fifth great. Well, my fourth great grandparents were the mid 1700s. My goodness. My fifth great grandparents early 1700s. Primo Chaffi, my fifth great grandfather. <laughs> Giovanni Parziale. How do you dig so far back? Ippolito Faresi. Camina Cassè. But there's not one non-Italian in here. Because mm. <laughs> I was looking you at my... You could do that DNA test. I did the DNA. That's what, made, that's what made me look at this. Because my sister this morning said that when you did your DNA test, how, what percentage of Italian did it come mm-hmm. out to be? And remember when I first did it, it was like 97% Italian. But now, however sophisticated they're getting, they're breaking it down... They say that they're, those tests are more accurate. Well, interesting. My my my. Uh, do I have my DNA here? Let me see my DNA. My DNA, my DNA story. It says I am fifty five percent from Southern Italy, Campania, Molise, Campania, Basilicata, seventeen percent from the Aegean Islands. They in the Mediterranean, I would imagine. Thirteen percent Northern Italy. Then it gets interesting. 6% Greece and Albanian. Oh, dear. So me and Mother Teresa. She was Albanian. 4% Cyprus. 3% uh, Anatolia and the Caucasus. I don't know. 2% Scottish. Oh, well, that must be why you like to wear those skirts. And that's why I like to play golf. <laughs> 2% Scottish. So somewhere, and it gives you a map like where, but it's I mean fifty five percent Italian, but but yes. when I go, then I said I'm going to check and see on my 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 lineage. You here. don't see any Scottish names, <laughs> no, there's, just, or Greek, just no, just all Italian. So I don't know, but if you keep going back and back, like your the number of great grandparents you have, 
is in the thousands, probably. I mean, how far back does it go? Uh, you're not asking a mathematician. That's right. That would be a mathematical problem, wouldn't it? Yes, it would be like to the nth power, you know. And then, do I have this in front? I think I have it. I pulled something else up that was interesting regarding us here at Domestic Church Media. I'm always talking about our mobile app, our free mobile app. Mm -hmm. Downloaded on every continent except Antarctica. So, Are there people in Antarctica? United States and Canada, Panama, Costa Rica, Uruguay, Colombia. This is where our, our app has been downloaded. Right. Uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Jamaica. Uh, so Saint, hello, everyone out there, wherever you're listening from. The Bahamas. Nice. St. Vincent, Trinidad, Barbados. And then if we go over to Europe, United Kingdom, Czech Republic, Republic Ireland, Italy, Switzerland, Spain, Slovakia, Germany, Ukraine, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, France, Romania. My all goodness. downloaded in all those countries. Yeah. And then in Africa, we have um, Angolia, Nigeria. Uh, Tanzania and Cameroon, and then Israel. Hi, Bay. We're in Israel. <laughs> a, 160 downloads in Israel. Wow. So all of our friends, all of our Israeli friends, our Jewish brothers and sisters, mm. uh, the Philippines, Sri Lanka, Japan, India, United Arab Emirates, Cyprus, was, Bangladesh. There was a while I was emailing with somebody from Sri Lanka. Oh, yeah? I remember, and he had... Questions about liturgical music. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we, so got, we, got, we got an email, I think, last night or the night before from a, fr said a friend from, and she, I can't think of the name of the, the town in, in Texas. Oh. But I think, you know, you think about when we first started and you had the, the, the radio station footprint and that was it. That's, that's as far as you reached. Right, right. But now these the, has had over 2,000 downloads. With the technology. Of our app. All over the world. And, you know, mm -hmm. they could listen just like you can listen on your app. They just hit play or and they can watch. They could be watching right now on YouTube. Is a, yeah. YouTube is Remember on when app. Bishop O'Connell was in Rome? He was in Vatican Square. He, was he goes, a, I'm listening to you right now. He was with them. He was going to go see the Holy Father for their ad limina visit. Yeah. And so my phone was, was buzzing at around 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and it was the bishop saying, I, just to let you know, I, I'm getting listening to your radio station in St. Peter's uh, St. Square. St. Peter's Square. Yeah. 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 Thank you. You know, if I have a moment, yes, can I talk we have, about... Yeah, you have about yeah, I'll, give you, I'll give you five or six minutes. Oh, I don't need that much. <laughs> so we're talking about St. Luke Productions and their wonderful um, plays about saints that visit parishes. And they're bringing uh, the show Tolton from Slave to Priest. It's an inspiring live drama performed by actor Jim Coleman, now, you know, we had him on. We did an interview we with did. him. We did, yeah. You're talking mm -hmm. about maybe pulling out some old interviews and mm -hmm. replaying. We should find that one. Uh, directed by Leonardo DeFilippis of St. Luke Productions. Will be presented at um, St. Timothy's in Philadelphia. So that's Northeast Philadelphia. And Our Mother of Consolation, also in Philadelphia. And at the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Camden. I don't think I've ever been there. We'll have to let Deacon Anthony know. Yeah. And he can tell his friends. Mm -hmm. So the dates are February 25, 27, and 28, each at 7 o'clock. So just a little bit more about the performance. It, it tells the remarkable true story of Father Augustus Tolton, the first African-American priest. Tolton is an inspiring and entertaining show filled with all the elements of professional theater, like lighting and costumes and set changes. It runs about 75 minutes, 
and they say it's suitable for ages 10 and up. And admission is just a free will offering. Oh, my goodness, people, I encourage you to go. Tolton, from slave to priest. So each night, it's one performance. I think St. Timothy's is on February 25th. Our Mother of Consolation is February 27th. And on the 28th at the Camden Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. So let me send you uh, to the website because there you can get literally addresses and directions to all the churches, www.stlukeproductions.com. And Saint is abbreviated S-T-L-U-K-E, productions.com. Productions, plural? Plural. Mm-hmm. Stlukeproductions.com. And as we mentioned earlier, our son, Anthony, was asked to compose the music for this production. Mm-hmm. And he scored it. And some of the music is... Ex- already existed for example we're going to play a little um a spiritual um that he work, kind of orchestrated yeah what what is the name of it again steal away steal away so that song existed uh in the early 1800s sung you know in the time of written prior to 1862 but um so he took that and kind of elaborated on it and did a little bit of theme and variations if you will and there's a woman singing the traditional him, but um, he did all the orchestration and the arranging. And mm-hmm. They're trying the, to make a yeah. film, aren't they? Trying to make actually, they this are, is a stage play, obviously. But right, they're trying but to they make are a, a mid film production because I, I get some notices from them and mm-hmm. they'll say where they are and send you a little video clip of the green screen or whatever they're doing. But yeah. I remember it was a fascinating story of his perseverance and just keeping his was eye. Was he the first black priest? Yes. The first black priest in this country. Yes. In this country, mm-hmm. and born from in Mississippi, and you know uh, all the hardships that the black people were suffering at that time, and he wanted to be a priest, and um, was turned away, and tried to go to school, and again there was you know they they couldn't be in schools, and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Eventually studied in Rome, but he just kept going. So it's very 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 well done. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, and I think if they go to that website, stlukeproductions.com, they could also request to bring that or any of their other productions to To your parish. parish. Right, because they'll take it on tour. Mm -hmm. And I think now, and that's nice, they're doing it, and people getting out and and being among people again. Oh, yes, it's uh, time. You know, Mm. which is good. so and you so if you are interested in, in bringing any one of those, they have a wonderful uh, production on Saint Faustina, right? And Maximilian Kolbe. And Maximilian Kolbe. There's several of them. Mm-hmm. And Anthony scored Faustina, though, right? He scored Faustina yes, too. Yes, the film. Oh, the film, the not film the stage Faustina. play. Oh, okay. So a lot of these, you know, again during the pandemic, okay, we can't take our plays to the parishes. Everything's just so shut down. They started making the movies, and so yeah. that's when they approached him to score Faustina. And now this one, too, they, they started um, the film, but now at least they're taking it on the road, and they go all over the country. Yeah. And they'll try to plot out several parishes in a region, so like this, you know, in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I saw it um, when it was here. I guess it was pre-pandemic, and they were at one of the high schools in northeast Philadelphia, and I got to go to the morning production they'll do for just so even this one, they, they have some morning shows, but it's just for the school student yeah. body. Mm-hmm. But these are open to the public, the evening ones. It's a free will offering, too. Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Just go and you know, whatever you can afford, help them and out. And I met the Jim Coleman. I have his picture. I got the CD. <laughs> he was a very good actor. 
and uh, it's it's just done so very well. Yeah. Okay. Good. So go and check out the website. It's Saint Luke Productions. Dot com. That's stlukeproductions.com. And maybe you want to bring, I think we really should start really making efforts now to open up and just get together as, you know, just start to socialize again mm-hmm. <laughs> and not be afraid. Just don't be afraid. Yeah. You know, I, I, I haven't seen the numbers, but my sister was telling me yesterday that the numbers of cases are, is, you know, really going down. And, and uh, of course, they're trying to scare us with this other variant. The BS two, what are they called? BS variant. It's B A B A. I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> oh dear. I think they've all been. <laughs> but anyway, it is time to um, yeah. get together. I think so. You know, of course, the winter time now. We're all kind of hunkered in now. This, I'm reading. I just kind of, when we took our break there, I looked on on my app, and they're they're really like our weather person down here in Philadelphia, the one we watch in our area. Making it sound like this is, uh, you know, the, the storm of the century. Really? Yeah. Are they desperate for news? I think that they, they like to scare people. It's, you know, sensationalism sells. Mm. So they, then they get on the air and they have all their maps. And No offense, Jim, if you're listening. But they have all their <laughs> maps. And they're pointing out the, the snow totals and the potential. Yes. I talked to our friend Dennis, who lives in the Poconos. Oh, but he's in Florida. He's in Florida now. now. It's April. So he's happy to be missing this storm. Yeah. I said, so you're calling me to rub it in. You're down there in sunny Florida, and we're about to get hit by an nor'easter. Yeah. But uh, the, the Poconos isn't going to be touched by this storm. No. Just, they're getting nothing. No? Hitting the coast. Yeah, hitting the coast. Again. Poor they, beach people have gotten slammed this winter. I bet Cape May is pretty in the snow at Christmas time. Oh, with all the Victorian homes. Right? I want to go back there. It's been years and years, and it's just like a postcard. Yeah. And they say it hasn't changed, whereas some of the shore towns are even more built up or had gone one way or the other way. But yeah. they say Cape May is the same as, as it's always been. And we have wonderful listeners down there who listen to yeah. WSMJ uh, and uh, very, very faithful, supportive Maybe listeners. we could take it on the road, you know, over the summer and go and say, you know, we're going to go to Somebody has to invite us. Restaurant. They have to host well, us. Well, no, like you go somewhere for breakfast and come have breakfast with us. Oh, yeah, I can do go that. Go here or there and just. Uh, we can do a, a summertime Jersey diner tour. There we go. <laughs> On the road with Jim and Cheryl in the Jersey diners in our listening mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. We'll take a break. Bear Wozniak is going to join us shortly. And this is the, from uh, Tolton. It's called Steal Away. And you say it's originally an old spiritual. Right. That uh, Anthony, our son, elaborated on. Mm-hmm. So, right back. Don't go away.
That was a quick cutoff. <laughs> see, it kind of leaves you hanging on a cliff. It's I very suspenseful. So, so now I you have to go so. see the program. Yeah, I guess so. Well, Bear Wozniak is a world champion surfer, certified ninja black belt, and host of EWTN's Deep Adventure radio program and featured on an EWTN reality sh- uh, show special, Deep Adventure Quest. The Benedictine, Benedictine Oblate is author of Deep in the Wave, Adventure Guide for Deep Adventure Quest Retreats, and a popular conference speaker, and I, I don't know which hole he's on, but he's currently on a golf course in Hawaii. So, aloha, Bear. Oh, my. Hey, aloha. I'm here with my son, Jeremiah. He's the one who really is a good surfer. He dropped in at 85-foot waves, which he hates me to say that. But I'm around here on the golf course, so if you hear a disparaging word, that's not <laughs> us. It's someone else. <laughs> well, we'll believe that. So we're that. in Hawaii, Kai, looking over, that, over the, uh, the, key, uh, the channel towards the Molokai. Oh. oh, how gorgeous. I'm just trying to picture it as we're about to be engulfed in snow tomorrow. <laughs> oh. yeah. Yeah, we, we picked a good day to have you on, Bear, but welcome. We're happy to have you here. Well, put yourself on speaker and we'll evangelize to the other golfers. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the new book is called... Yeah, they, be- Go ahead. they either believe in God or they or they don't believe in God, one or the other, depending on how well they do. That's <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, I used to golf when I was younger, and, and uh, my goodness, uh, I couldn't say half the things I said on the golf course on the on the radio. <laughs> but Deep Adventure, the way of heroic virtue. I like that because uh, we're all called to be saints, and of course, uh, to be a saint, you look for heroic virtue. Tell us about the book, Deep Adventure, Bear. What, what, uh, what, what's Adventure, the gist of it? the way of heroic virtue? It's based on your life, dude. It is. Yeah, I just said, like, who who can I base this book on? I thought, Jim. Jim is the perfect example of a saint. Well, it's been an adventure. <laughs> yeah, ask my wife. She'll yeah, tell you right 35 here. years of adventure. <laughs> I'll tell you what, with my wife, I was telling the other day, you're so lucky to be married to me because of, because of me, you're going to be a saint. There you go. That's she right. She looked at me because she's having to live, learn to live with grace. That's, that's right. That's right. But uh, you well, certainly you have you have quite a story yourself. But but what 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 inspired you to put it down in, in paper and put it into into a book? Well, you know the thing is, is I, I remember once I was praying with James Krzypolski. He's a Spirit FM DJ down in Tampa area. And when we were praying, I had just this sense came to my mind this image, kind of like of a a guy in a black pickup truck, and he was just spinning his wheels because he didn't have any weight in the back of his the bed of his truck. And I felt right then the Lord said, I need for you to put that big toolbox in the back of that truck. And to me, that where men and women, of course, get traction is where they just understand uh, the seven virtues, just get just understanding those and applying those virtues, you know, justice, 
self-mastery, fortitude, uh, prudence, and then the, the, the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. So if you can understand those and begin to apply those with traction, you know, we have this this thing, Jim, uh, based on your life, called the School of Manliness, mm-hmm. Bear School of Manliness. And uh, and in there, the men the, the men kind of go together, go through it together with it's over at deepadventure.com. And every month we go through one of the virtues or one of my other rules of manliness. And then they set uh, particular goals in that area, two or three goals in that area to kind of to kind of focus on that area. But we really need that, don't we, in the world today, to understand what is virtue and what isn't. Well, that, that and Bear, you know, uh, true masculinity and, and living out your—I your, your, know, I think of my, my dad, God rest his soul, who was a, a World War II veteran, and, you know, he was co- commanding a, a landing craft at 23 years old in both the Pacific and the Atlantic, and and you think about it, a twenty-three-year-old wow. man, a twenty-three-year-old man today. I don't oh. know if they could do that. Yeah, <laughs> Most no. of them. I mean, well, you know what? That's because your dad wasn't masculine. You know what he was? What he was manly. Ah, there you go. There right. You go. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah. He just was. He was a man. And you know, you're you're not you're born a male, but you you're not born a man. You have to become a man. Mm-hmm. And so, what happened? You know, what, so what, that, what, I mean, what what happened? I mean, I'm a baby hey, boomer. You know what? what happened after that? You know what? I, you know what? I get ill, and men, men, I hear men say, "Oh, you know, the women have taken over, and we've been marginalized, and we've been set aside, and they just don't need us." And they, you know, and I, I hear that, and it sounds like a bunch of whiny victims. <laughs> and, and what happened is we let it happen, yeah. you know. And of course, there's many reasons. You know, men, young boys being raised by women who hate men because a man betrayed them, mm-hmm. and uh, there's this kind of this thing now, this marginalization of men that you don't need a man to have a baby; you can go get a sperm donor. For that, you can raise them, you know, without a man in the house, and and uh, most most what what we would consider manly virtue, the woke community wants to marginalize us. But I'll tell you what, Jim, when we go in, Cindy and I go in to speak different places, or I speak, <laughs> she goes in to pick up the pieces afterwards. But mm-hmm. when I go in and speak, we get pretty much immediately we get uh, surrounded by women, like it may be. 70-year-old women, it might be 18- and 16-year-old women, but we get surrounded by women. They, And the essence of what they're saying is, where have all the men gone? You know, mm-hmm. we, we the essence of our school of manliness is based on where have all the cowboys gone? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Where are the men? The men don't ask us out on dates. They hang out with us. If they do ask us out on dates, they date us, they date us forever. They never ask us to marry them. And if they do, we engage, but we don't get married until the second baby comes. Mm-hmm. You know, so men, men, men have been given the opportunity to get lazy and to get fat and to live a, a, an unvirtuous life, and they've take, taken advantage of that. But remember, Thomas Aquinas, the essence of what Thomas Aquinas said was an, was an effeminate man, was a man who let himself just, you know, follow, uh, his, his, follow pleasure. Mm-hmm. And real men, if you really want to experience life, a real man will step, will step up and, and and look for adventure, and look uh, look in his life where there's adversity, and turn that into adventure. Yeah. And so me- there's no excuse, but um, they, we do need role models here in Hawaii. When wherever I go down the street, even my son now he's um, he's in his forties. Younger men call him uncle. Mm-hmm. They call me uncle, mm-hmm. and we really do uncle the younger men. And so we need men. We need men who will uncle younger men and mm-hmm. challenge them, and encourage them, and inspire them to be manly. Mm-hmm. To meet and that's the both, challenges. That's the way of heroic virtue. It's for men and women, but but a lot of men read that to their sons, you know, once a week or at the dinner table. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a short five or six page uh, chapters, and it digs into really cool stories, real cool narratives, and the catechism of the church and the lives of the saints. So it's something you can have a dialogue about with your with your children. So you're able to um, inspire them to meet the challenges, even to go out and find the challenges rather than right. cower and run away from them. Yeah, I, I paddled this, and my son did too, this this 30-mile channel between the island of Molokai and Oahu, one of the gnarliest channels in the whole world. And every year I used to always set a new a new challenge for myself, pedaling across the United States or running with the Bulls or trying to get a world title or something like that. But that wasn't uh, that wasn't a, a vain pursuit. That was me developing my will, right? You can develop, you can choose to do things like run a marathon. That isn't about a physical thing at all. It's about something in you, that part of you that says, "I will," that fortitude part of you. So you can train yourself in fortitude. And if you're if you're like me and you do a lot of brash things, then you learn prudence also. Prudence, by the way, has got a bad rap. Prudence is not uh, for the people who want to sit and be couch potatoes, prudence is only for the bold. If you don't need prudence, if you're not going to be bold, and if you're a Christian, especially if you're a Christian man, uh, you, by your very essence, you are called to be bold. And so, prudence is the charioteer of the rest of the virtues, seeking the true good in every situation, and then choosing it and then pursuing it. Friends, we're talking with Bear Wozniak from EWTN. You recognize his voice, I'm sure. And his new book is called Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue. It's published by uh, Sophia Institute Press, and their web address is sophiainstitute.com. You can check it out there. Uh, very, very interesting, uh, Bear. And your life itself, even as a, as a uh, world champion surfer, a certified ninja black belt, and all you do— uh, you know, some men will say, you know, you do all that, and you're this real manly uh, way of life— Yet you still have Jesus in your life. How do you do that? Well, more than that, more than that, Jim, all that stuff is is, is kind of cool because I lived a long time. I've got to have a lot of adventures. I've always thought that. But I'll have men come up to me and say, well, you know, I'm kind of torn between being a biker or going surfing and, 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 and taking care of my family. And, and, I, and I say, dude, the greatest adventure there is in life is to have a family, to mm-hmm. bring an eternal being into existence and to care for and nurture and I'm not saying I'm the world's best father, but I, 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 that, that's always, I remember when I was in junior in high school and I had this epiphany, maybe it was the bad food I ate at lunch, but I had this sudden epiphany after lunch in social studies that one day I could be a father. Hmm. So the great adventure isn't pedaling your bicycle across the United States. It's the great adventure is pursuing God's will. And you pursue God's will by by spending an hour every day in prayer and in study. And, you know, God's will is the same as his essence, and his essence is love. So the Amen. great adventure is to love, is to lay down your life, to pursue the true good through self-donation. Amen. Amen. And I know myself, you know, we have, Cheryl and I have three children all grown up now, but I remember when our first baby came, everything changed as, as a man. I mean, getting mm. married was, was was a good beginning, of course. But then once once our first baby came, it's like all of a sudden I, I realized, okay, this is it. There's a whole new role for you that you have to take very, very seriously and live this out and be responsible. Like, yeah. You are now the image of God the Father to these children. 
and Amen. to remember that. And it's a, as you said, it, it has been a great adventure. You know, and of course they're all grown up and out of the house now, but yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, going through it is, is an amazing, an amazing thing. Again, friends, uh, we're talking with Bear Wozniak. The book is called Deep Adventure, uh, published by Sophia Institute Press, and their, their address is sophiainstitute.com. Now, what hole are you on there, Bear? <laughs> Uh, this is the seventh hole, okay. I think, right, Jeremiah? But where he's playing, his this is his second round of the day. This is his day off, so I'm just trying to, to catch up with him. I want to give a special shout-out and love to our friend that we lost, Coach John, yes. there from Notre Dame High School. Mm-hmm. Love that. He, he really. I remember one time we were in Houston, and we were filming Long Ride Home, and it was tough. I mean, filming Long Ride Home is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life because uh, we're, we're rolling hundreds of miles and filming while we go. And Coach John took me aside and he said, don't let anybody take you away from your vision. You mm-hmm. follow this vision. Mm-hmm. And that was just that essence of, of fortitude. But he, I remember that his words to me again and again and in my life, but all through the filming of Long Ride Home. You do this thing that God's called you to do, and don't let anybody talk you out of it. Amen. That's right. Very, very sad, man. Coach McKenna. We lost he, He's the guy who wore... He's a guy that didn't wear long pants even in the winter. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. And in fact, it's funny you said that because I was a couple of months ago. I was watching. I think it was episode six of, of Long Ride Home that you were in the area at St. John the Baptist over in Allentown, and uh, our good friend Dorothy Conway made a cameo appearance there. Oh, <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> she she bought the cute thing where she where she uh, she uh, you know we're running from the law in this scene and 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 we we tell her please don't tell the these we're running from the bounty hunters we say hey please don't tell those guys they're chasing us and he go, she goes okay so she comes out of confession and she said they ask her have you seen these bikers and they go she goes that way and she points the opposite way and she makes the sign across and has to go back, <laughs> back into confession. <laughs> <laughs> but our new our new season is out now and our in our fourth season we're working on right now three seasons filmed in Filmed in Hawaii. Ooh. Oh, okay. People will love four, five, and six, nice. and they can see it on Prime Video, by the way. Oh, they can. Okay, so Prime Video as well. Yeah, good, and good. Uh, yeah, if they go to deepadventure.com and become part of our Ohana, then they get all of our episodes, all the seasons. So they get the new episodes before they even get to EWTN. So Very good. And got, Bear, do you have, do you have a you have a website that they can go to? You say? Yeah, deepadventure.com, and uh, we have the the mama bears there, and then we have the. The man cave. We're having a Zoom meetup tomorrow morning. By the way, if someone joins today, they participate in that. We do that every couple of weeks, and uh, and then we have the school of manliness based on Jim's life. <laughs> and then I think I need to run a pilgrimage now just to check up on you out there. That it's not too much adventure. So we're going to come check so up we'll on take, you. <laughs> well, we have a we have a retreat here every December seventh, every December sixth, seventh, and eighth. So okay. come on out. All right. Although we don't call them retreats. We call them advances. There you go. Fabulous. So thank you, Jeremiah, for letting uh, us share your time. We'll let you get back to your game. Bear Wozniak uh, has been our guest. Friends, again, the book is called Deep Adventure, The Way of Heroic Virtue, and the web address for Sophia Institute Press. The publisher is sophiainstitute.com. But uh, your web address, again, Bear, is deepadventure.com? Deepadventure.com, and you can find all of my books and all of my school of man, and it's all based on Jim's life. Well, God bless you. Good and, luck with uh, the game, Barry. Hope you have a hope you have a good back nine. Okay, we we'll, we love you guys. Aloha. Aloha. Hawaii. Aloha. Okay. Thanks, Aloha. Aloha. All right, friends, Bye. you stay where you are. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Sixty seconds with Mother Angelica. Let me tell you about the difference between a conversion and a simple change of life. Now you can change your life by changing your job. Now, conversion is a change, but 
It's a radical change. But some people have strong wills. They can change. The, the Spirit of the Lord comes along and says, I love you. And they never heard that before. Today, we have an idea in this new society, the new, the new religion, the new theology, whatever you want to call it, that we never sin. Well, if you never sin, you don't need conversion, do you? What will you convert from? But see, that's one of those lies that we buy, and it's not true. We do need conversion. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. One year after I graduated Catholic high school, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada. My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus. And that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ, who gave the authority to Peter, and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. What have you done for your marriage today? I gave my wife a hug this morning. I told her I love her. Instead of sitting on the couch, I helped clean up. I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? It's a good question. I gave her a call and say, thinking of it. And the kids. I uh, did her hair this morning. I think it looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museum as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this morning. It's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. Oh, we're spending the day together. I bought her an orchid. <laughs> Hassan was able to let me sleep in by taking him care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife, and it cracked her up. She's, but she's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. All right, friends, welcome back. And, uh, and I know that sounds like like the men's book, you know, working on the virtues and being a mm -hmm. father and, mm -hmm. and, and, and a mentor and, and a role model for your son and maybe the son's friends. But I, I want to read this book. It, um, there's stories of ocean rescues, collapsing parachutes, deadly encounters with sharks. But I guess it's an adventure. Prayed his way through all of those things. But did he say his son just did an 85 foot wave? The Jeremiah. Yeah, that's a big that's wave, isn't it? Well, it's that's bigger than the wave in uh, Castaway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that he finally got over. That's gigantic. I mean, eighty-five feet is big. I mean, you just picture your house, and if there was a wave as tall as your house, yeah, wipeout. That's taller than the eighty-five What's that, feet. Ten. Eighty-five. <laughs> well, our tower in the back here is is uh, the tallest tower is two hundred and fifty feet. So go like a, okay. you know. Third of the way up. That's a big that. that's a big that's wave. Hawaii though, right? It's or not Bel it's not Belmar. No. <laughs> Maybe Wildwood. Wildwood, yeah. Do Sometimes they have big I waves? Have dreams. I have a recurring dream uh -oh. about waves like that. And it's a short, narrow beach. So there's not a lot of place to go. 
and the wave is gigantic. Oh, so there's something psychological there. Yeah, I, I don't think I want to know. At least it's not a fire when the Bambi thing. No, that thing scared me. <laughs> but giant waves, and you just know it's impending doom and destruction, and there's nothing you could do to get away. The recurring dream that I think I've had the most of is, for I was telling you this the other, the other morning, I was telling you, I, I, I had to be five the first time I had it. Where mm, the the devil. devil was sitting on my chest, smothering me with the pillow. Yeah. And I'd wake up <laughs> gasping for air. And I had that dream consistently until I, I was 30, 35 years old. My goodness. I, don't, I didn't get it once we started the apostolate. I'm surprised that's when it would really kick in, trying to stop what you're doing And the other one is always a crashing plane. Not that I'm on, but I see a plane crashing. I I observe a plane going down, flying low, and then I say, that plane's going to crash, and it crashes. So I don't know what that is. Well, those adventure movies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on it, and and there's no no human loss. It's just I see the plane crashing. Hmm. Dreams are funny things. (laughs) (laughs) That's not too funny. <laughs> no, but I mean, just, just to what, your, with your, what mind your mind does at night. You know, when right. you're like, you think it's, you're sleeping. It's still, you just... Yeah, it's still like creating stuff. And I'll tell you, you really want some crazy dreams. Drink chamomile tea and let it steep like five or six minutes. Yeah. Is it like a, uh, it's like a trip? A, you trip? Uh, you're, you're tripping out on that stuff? <laughs> hallucinogenic or whatever. I mean, the dreams are things that just don't make sense, some very frightening, just bizarre, and they seem so real. I thought, so I like the tea because it really puts you right to sleep, but I'll put it in for a minute or a minute and 30 seconds. You leave it in there. That's how it affects me. Mm. Any of those sleepy time teas makes my brain go haywire. I think I read one time that Paul McCartney, who wrote the song yesterday, it, it the melody came to him in a dream. In a dream, yeah. And he started playing it. You know, he, it was just the, the yesterday, da, 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 that part of it. And... um he went to the other Beatles and he said, "Does this do you, does this sound familiar? Is this somebody else's song?" Because I, I just started in my dream. I started. It came to me. He said, "We never heard that before." And he, it's probably the biggest hit they had. He's probably oh, still making millions of dollars over that song. <laughs> so only we could dream a song. <laughs> or the lottery numbers. I was in a shop the other day. I was mailing some packages, but they also sold the lottery tickets. And I don't follow that at all. Clueless. I have no idea. What kind of games there are and who wins with how many numbers? I just, I just not a part of my, my wheelhouse. And the guy said, "Give me the one that it's uh, the the prize is four hundred and fifty million dollars." Yeah, I millions. said, "Seriously? My goodness, what would you do?" Well, you only get half of it. The government takes half. What? Just because of the taxes. Taxes. But still. so you get you get like two hundred and some million. But yeah, what could you do with it? Who? who, who, who? I, I was funny. I was thinking that if we won the lottery, if you and I won the lottery, we'd just want to give it away, wouldn't we? Just want to give Wouldn't it away. Wouldn't you just be, yeah. Like I would just, just have fun giving it away yeah. and making, remember that, making old, people's remember day. that old TV show, The Millionaire? Yes. Where they, he was a millionaire. He would send his assistant. They'd find us a ticket. Every, every week was a different episode. They'd find a different person who needed to be helped. Mm-hmm. And they would give them a million dollars. And what a good feeling that is to be yeah. giving that away. So I keep making t- I, people so happy. I keep telling the Lord, you know, we would we would like to give it away. First, we'd buy Sinatra's place in Palm Springs, <laughs> and then and then we'll give it away. It's for sale three <laughs> three point nine million up in the hill there in Palm Springs. Be a nice retreat center. Whoa! I wish they would give it to Domestic Church Media for free, and then we we could make it a family retreat center. Mm-hmm. And Bear could come with all his adventures. Sure, Palm Springs is nice. Go hike the desert with him. <laughs> 
And I was going to say, I'd, I'd help the nuns finish their monastery out there in Tonopires. It's done. Yes, yes, they finished yes. it. Uh-huh. It's all built. <gasps> they must have found some wealthy people because it's, it, they, it's, they're there. They're in the, when we went to see them out in the desert. It was just being built. They would have to cross across the, the parking mm-hmm. lot to get to the, the chapel. So now but they're But now connected. they're in, the, yeah, they're connected Aww. to the chapel. So they're, they're truly monastic. Yes. But um, we'll look forward to seeing them in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I think I would just give it away and just people sure, because who really. You couldn't spend it in your no, lifetime. You what in the world you would you do? Spend it on your, how could you? How much? How, you know, what are you going to do with it? You throw it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, our time is up. So thanks to uh, Bear Wozniak and also to Al Smith. Thanks to Jim Hoppin uh, for his weather forecast. Father Jim Grogan. Joan, who won Joan, our, game our winner. Show. Yeah, mm-hmm. who won our, our uh, name uh, saint of the day. And um, well, stay safe. And don't hurt yourself if you're out there shoveling. Be careful. A little bit at a time. And it's supposed to be warm by the middle of next week. So So if you have the time to wait, it'll melt by Wednesday. Just sit back. (laughs) Have a great weekend. God bless you. Bye.